Welcome back to Premier Sports Academy guest speaker series brought to you by Sportscraft Source for Sports. Okay, guys. Um, thanks for joining us again today. Um, episode number 16, and we've got uh, our buddy Jay Johnson joining us from New Brunswick. Um, for those of you who haven't heard of Jay, uh, Jay's got a pretty unique story once again, a New Brunswick boy who uh, played professional baseball. So, Jay, I'll let you kind of give the viewers a little bit about your baseball background, starting from, again, uh, where you played uh, after you left New Brunswick. Uh, after I left New Brunswick, I went out to Vauxhall Academy in Alberta and played there for my senior year of high school. And then after that, I went to Prairie Baseball Academy, which is where my brother Aaron went to school. So it was kind of an easy transition into there because the coaching staff knew him and they kind of had a, we had a little bit of rapport. And then from there, I earned a spot, uh, scholarship to Texas Tech University, where I just pitched for one year there. And then... Yeah, signed professionally with the Philadelphia Phillies the next spring and played there for four years in their minor league system. And then one year, or I guess one and a half summers for the Quebec Capitals. And then I played in Australia for uh, a winter and Nicaragua for a winter as well, I guess. Awesome. And and for our, our viewers that are just tuning in, so uh, uh, I met Jay probably 20 years ago, a little like 22 years ago now, which is crazy to think, actually. Uh, Jay and I are the same age, and uh, his older brother, Aaron, is the same age as my brother, Ronnie. And uh, we played against each other at the hit, run, and throw at the Sky Dome. Um, and it seemed just about every year, whether it was at the Mosquito, Pee Wee, or, or Bantam Nationals or, or some form of competition, uh, they were also from a good program out of New Brunswick that just seemed to be winning their provincial championships every year. Um, so I want to start right at the beginning um, for you, Jay. Uh, when was a moment, I guess, what was the moment, if you can maybe pin it back, where you felt like you you know, you know, were excelling and that you were good at baseball? I always link it to that first moment at the hit, run, and throw. I was a bit self-conscious of being an underager on the rookie team, um, or on the, excuse me, on the Mosquito team as a rookie. And then, you know, I earned the opportunity to go there and actually participate well. And that kind of boosted a confidence for me that, you know, carried me through the rest of my baseball career. Can you kind of pin a moment in, in your career when that started for you? Uh, well, I didn't really have like a moment at that age, I guess. I was always just kind of just, just kind of just playing because my brother was playing. So that was kind of the thing I was doing. And then. When he was at, I guess the one moment I remember specifically is when he was at PBA and he said, maybe one day I could turn this into a job and make money at it. And so I was like, well, if you can do it, then it shouldn't be a problem for me to do it, I guess, or I should try at least. And then, yeah, kind of had a good run at it and got to travel around the world anyway and play. No, and that's, uh, that's, that's fair, you know, when your brother finally got into school. And your brother went to Pittsburgh, is that right? He went to Illinois. Illinois, that's right. Sorry, I went to Illinois. Um, I mean, I mean, we we talk about New Brunswick. We've we've had this conversation with a few guests right now, and it's it's like a mystery that Noah and I are really trying to get to the bottom of. Why is it that you know, relative to your population, you know, it's not much bigger than Newfoundland? Why is New Brunswick so competitive on the national stage, in in your opinion? Uh, it's the pro- like the familiarity, I guess, because when you're playing on those teams, and I guess in Newfoundland's the same. You got you get to play with the same guys 
like in each year, like, you, like even on the provincial teams and even like here, the two or three best players on your club team, then you guys go play and you guys get like a rapport with your team. So you're not jumping into a camp with 20 different dudes every, every year. And you, you kind of know your role going into it and you can accept it and try to just go from there. And, and what type of training were you, you know, from what you recall with your provincial teams, were you doing any winter training back then? Were you, were like, when are you getting on the fields in the spring? How late are you on in the fall? Things like that. Uh, I, I guess we got, we got in the winter quite a bit because during when I was 12 or 13 and then the Canada games, or maybe I might've been a little bit older than that, 13 or 14, Canada games was going on like for that year. My brother was training for that. And so I would just kind of tag along and be in there in the gym with like some of the older guys which helped a lot because I did, I never played on like a team where like a, really a team that I was the older player, even until my second year at Bantam, I never ever played with kids my age. I was always playing with kids three, two, three, four years older than I was. So when it came to high school and then into college and I got to play against people my age, then it just made it a lot easier because you know, they were at that point, they would have been a little bit like less developed because they were playing, you know, because I was playing against people finally my age and not more, more mature. And I, you know, I want to kind of take that point. You played up. Um, d- did you, I mean, I just trying to figure out the best way to bring it up, but your, you know, your first injury. I mean, this is a story I, I kind of remember. Um, it was the Canada cup in 2004. Cause it was actually the year I moved from Newfoundland to Ontario to play baseball. We were playing New Brunswick in, in Thunder Bay, the Canada Cup. And I remember that you weren't on the field. And I was thinking, okay, where is where is Jay? And I saw you after the game and you were like, you made the comment before, you were like the pitcher from the rookie down on the sideline with a full cast on your arm. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, leading up to how you kind of injured yourself and, and you know, what that first surgery was like in the rehabilitation process? Yeah, and it's kind of like, I've read a little bit more, or just heard more about it, just from like watching like TV and listening to announcers talk about injuries and talk about kids and like they're throwing like their pitches, like pitch counts and stuff like that. But when I was when we were younger, it wasn't odd for us to go into a weekend and I'd pitch fourteen innings and catch fourteen innings, and then in between we'll have six or seven wiffle ball games at the hotel. So I remember it was. I was in Bantam and I had, was feeling like my arm was getting stiffer and getting more locked and locked. So my mom had took taken me to some physio and he was trying to help me out and stuff. And then, of course, like I just rushed it and said I wanted to pitch one weekend. So I went down, pitched, and first inning I threw a ball and it sailed high and away and it came out of my hand. It was just like a big, like, like a big clap, a big bang. And everybody heard it. I was like, holy, I went down straight to the ground. And I guess like the back of my tricep ripped off my elbow and all the stuff on the inside came off. So it, I went down and went to the hospital and I guess I was still in uniform. They, they put me in a sling and said like, yeah, there was just like a little bit of structure. Anyway, I woke up in the middle of the night, like in pain. Anyway, my mom took me down to Maine and we had an MRI and yeah, it was pretty, pretty torn up. And from there I got, my first surgery in the States because I was on such a long waiting list in Canada, but got that one done. And then uh, I didn't really play for a year. Or I, what I, what I did play, I just kind of played first base and hit a little bit and I didn't pitch again really until Vauxhall. And then I finally got my arm fixed up better. Once I went to PBA, I had my last surgery, my third surgery out in LA 
and yeah, I straightened my arm out and I went from 82 miles an hour to 92 miles an hour in like a month and a half. So it was, and I kind of just got to play wherever I wanted. And I mean, can you talk a little bit to some of our viewers? I mean, the, the, this whole podcast series has been about adversity right now. Can you talk a little bit about, obviously, you know, what's going, I mean, you were young at the time, but what's going through your mind and then, you know, just dealing with the rehab process, you know, what, what was that like for you? Uh, well, at the time, for sure, I just wanted to play. Like, I just really, just really wanted to pitch. It wasn't, it had nothing to do with going anywhere. I just wanted to be able to, to pitch and like on the weekend and win, win a few tournaments. But uh, the rehab, it was, it was pretty painful. I guess the guy took me to uh, this, to kind of a cases. My mom would take me down there after school each day and I'd go through rehab and the guy would dig into me and dig into me and I'd just be in pain and then, We'd work out a little bit there, and that went on for quite a while. And, yeah, I really just – yeah, at the time it was just more of just wanting to play, and then it didn't seem to be helping. And over time, I don't know. I don't know what it was. If It just kind of like got so much scar – after doctor said, you're going to have so much scar tissue in there, it's going to be hard for your elbow to even get sore. So I kind of just took that in the back of my mind and just – Ran with it, I guess, just pretended in my mind that nothing was ever sore. And I just trying to trick myself into believing that I was healthy. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> that, and like you said that uh, getting your second surgery going uh, PBA. So again, you're from New Brunswick and uh, you made the trip out west uh, to Vauxhall. And we had uh, Les McTavish on there last week for uh, one of these guest speaker series with us. And uh, he gave us he gave us kind of the coaches and kind of again his role. He explained what Vauxhall is and kind of the experiences that the athletes will get. But as an athlete, again, you went out there in the infancy of that program. What was that like for you? I mean, being away from home and um, also making that transition into really highly competitive baseball at the time. Yeah. Oh, I went out there in like the first couple of weeks. So when I was out there, I was like, man, I am not as good as these kids from Alberta really in my mind but what really helped me when, once I got there is we put together like our team we put together a basketball team during the winter and so like I got to hang out with the guys more and like athletically I felt like I was fine and even baseball wise still I was I was a decent player for our team but I didn't really have a really good role like I was like a, one of the like a lower one of the not a really good pitcher and I just was wasn't really a, a great hitter but I could play and I could play anywhere, I guess, and I could fill in. But uh, out there, I don't know, being out there, it really did. It did prepare you for college because it was similar. Like you, you get up, you go to school, you play baseball. So, and I did take that and I ran with that. Like going into PBA, I was pretty acclimated to the college baseball, what what the lifestyle was going to be like. And it didn't, it wasn't hard for me to go to the PBA. And then it was even easier to get down to Texas Tech and succeed. Yes. I'll transition into um, just PBA, but um, again, that that program being in its infancy, um, and you joining that program, and again being out in Alberta, um, what what was that experience like? Because I, I know that uh, we've got a couple of kids from Newfoundland and Labrador that have gone out there. 
But uh, just for our viewers, because it's a different it's a different dichotomy rather than a traditional kind of go to school and you're playing for that school. You were actually playing for PBA, which was a college program, but going to Lethbridge uh, College, right? Right. Yeah. So it's, so what was that like? It wasn't really it wasn't really a normal structure. No. It, and yeah, you don't there's no like it wasn't part of the school. So when we were at Lethbridge College, like a lot of the people like all the other students at Lethbridge College weren't like behind the team whereas like you know you got your other schools would be like at Lethbridge College like the students would go to the basketball games and stuff because our baseball field was on the other side of town not really associated with the school at all so it was more just like but you could tell too at the at the school we there'd be 40 baseball players walking around with like the baseball jackets on so it wasn't hard to tell us apart but I don't know. I found it. I found it fun. I had, I had a good time out there. I, I had my brother's old car, so I was able to get around and yeah, I had a good time. We had a lot of buddies hanging out, so it wasn't hard to find somebody to go have a beer with and somebody to go work out with or anything. No, definitely. And, and I, I think that that bodes well, too. I mean, like uh, you went from, again, Vauxhall being once again, a small community like New Brunswick and then going to Lethbridge. Uh, bigger community, but again, some familiarity with some of the guys that might have gone over PBA. And I'll just transition. What was your experience like at Texas Tech going to a, a big Division One school like that? I mean, it's a it's one of the power conferences in baseball. So, uh, going down there was yeah quite something. I mean, I had a lot of confidence in the coaching staff down there. Put it like quite a bit of confidence, instilled a lot in, into me because they gave me a decent sized scholarship and they put me into a role like the first day where I knew I was going to have to be one of the guys there. So I just kind of did my thing and uh, ended up starting the year as the closer and then made my way into like a weekend starting job. But it, it was, it was just like down. Once you get down to one of those schools and you just your work ethic, I guess like the work ethic for that PBA and Vauxhall that they gave me, I guess was kind of what made it easy to get down and play against those guys that had been playing a hundred games a year for however many years it was to get into those facilities and then just actually just take advantage of all of it. And just to see it all come all together. It, it, it was kind of fun to look back on now to, to know that it wasn't, it wasn't really, it wasn't that it was very hard. It was just something that just came to me kind of naturally because of what PBA and Vauxhall instilled in me, I guess. And so staying there, I mean, you talked about being prepared for the rigors of stepping in with Texas. What was the competition like for you? So you jump in, it's, I mean, you played some, you know, fairly competitive baseball up to that point, but I mean, that's a, that's a pretty big jump when you go into Texas. What was, what was that like your first time on the mound? I mean, did you feel ready? Were you nervous or were, you know, were you confident in your abilities? Uh, first time on the mound, I think we were playing, it was a weekend tournament because we were down South, like a Southern school. So we were hosting northern teams early on in the season and we had like the spirit the, the fall schedule and stuff we already had played it so i had known like what we were gonna what i was getting myself into with my teammates anyway i knew what we had so i and we were we i guess we had a decent team but uh getting into it i, I pitched against michigan first game and it was at home and we had a big crowd and i came in and i was thrown just as hard as like the hardest i've like as, as live as my arm has been my entire life maybe and yeah, it did well, and then went on pitch like three three times that weekend. So, and then just from there, I was just trying to catch up for the rest of the season, just trying to calm down, 
throw the ball over the plate. I didn't have very good season statistically, but the the weight programs and like like me growing growing into my body because at that time I was just try, I thought all I had to do was throw a hundred and then I'll pitch in the big leagues. I didn't really pitch at all. I was just out there trying to be as strong as I possibly could. Anyway, so I was just throwing hard and hopefully they wouldn't hit it over the fence. <laughs> but no, I was, I did, I took, I took advantage of the weight room a lot down there and uh, yeah, it was, it was a good experience, especially for the facilities and the first time having a trainer, a full-time trainer and stuff like that. It was, it was nice. And like, and again, how big is it? Again, um, speaking to some of the viewers now, some of the athletes that may be listening in, uh, you talked about the weight room and at the collegiate level, how important is that now for kids that are looking to make that transition into the collegiate level to get in the weight room and actually start taking that as serious as they do their on-field activity? It's everything. Yeah. There's nobody, there's no big leaguer that's not, yeah. that's, that's a pushover. Like there's nobody that plays in, at a high level that's weak. Everybody's strong. So it's pretty much everything. And then once you get a little bit of confidence under yourself, if you have if you have your legs under here, then you pretty much just got the ball rolling. But if you're not prepared and you're not and you're and you're weaker than your opponent, then it's going to be tough to play, especially 150 game season. And so let's talk now transition from there. You played uh, one season with Texas. Um, now you're at the point where you're getting drafted, correct? This was your first time uh, getting drafted. The first time, who were you drafted by? The Jays? Uh, I was drafted at a PBA, actually. Okay, you were drafted at a PBA as well. Yeah, I got drafted by the Orioles. Uh, Orioles at PBA. And, yeah, and I went down to – that summer I went to Rochester in Minnesota to play summer ball in the Northwoods League with my brother and ended up – sign in like with the Orioles or trying to sign anyway I went down to Campton Yards and flew down there at the end of the summer to sign and uh it picked up they took me over to John Hopkins for my medical and did my medical when I was just sitting in Camden Yards wait, waiting to sign my contract and the the director the scouting director Joe Jordan calls me up and says we can't we can't sign you based on your medical records alone and I was like I was just crushed. I was sitting there by myself, like a million miles from home in Camden Yards. And I was just like, where, what am I doing? But anyway, I was able to, I didn't lose any of my eligibility. So I was able to go to school the next year in Texas and get another round, get another shot at the draft. Gotcha. And so, I mean, and the same thing kind of happened twice, right? It's a very similar story that both teams were, were unwilling to sign you based on the medical, uh, based on the imaging of your, your elbow, more or less. Can you talk a little bit more about, you know, we, we talked about this off screen, your, your arm is fine. I mean, you've pitched more than yeah. a decade now since you've had those surgeries. I mean, can, can you give a little bit more insight as to what those conversations, you know, were, were like uh, when they're, they're telling you, hey, sorry, we can't. I mean, they knew you had these surgeries going yeah, in. Yeah, I, I told them, like, I'm good. Like, I was throwing, <laughs> I was, like, I, the Orioles sent a scout out in uh, – into Rochester, into Minnesota that year because I broke my wrist too before the the first draft at PBA. So they had to follow up on like once they drafted me and to see me throw again, and I was healthy and I was throwing like really hard that one like one night. And I was anyway they they took me flew me down still failed me and then the Blue Jays the next year out of Texas Tech I signed with them and went down to Dunedin to do my medical and 
uh, the doctor had failed me and, but I had been down there for 72 hours. So I lost my eligibility to school. So I was kind of just stuck in, in between a rock and a hard place, I guess you could say. And so by the end of that one, I, I like, I'm going home guys. Like, uh, like I guess I ended up signing for peanuts and I just, after a couple of weeks, I just said, screw it. I'm going home. And then the next spring I worked, I worked out all winter and ended up getting another chance with Seattle. I flew out to Arizona that next spring to just sign as a free agent. I threw with Seattle and I was throwing very, very, like it's throwing really hard. And, uh, just yeah, I they said they wanted to sign me. I was sitting in the hotel room and they ran through the physical, they failed me. So I'm sitting out in Arizona, like nobody, nobody can even take me. So anyway, I called up my coach from PVA and said, Hey coach, man, get me hooked up here. So he called uh Pat Gillick with the Phillies, and the Phillies had a scout in Arizona. And I went to this small high school in Mesa or something like that, to this high school practice. And anyway, I, I pitching to this high school kid and the guy's got the gun behind us before their high school practice. And he's like, yeah, you're good. And he's like, we're with, and he took me in the next day, me and him flew out to Clearwater together and we went into the Phillies camp and I threw for the fit, like the entire brass there. And they just said, here, here's a Jersey, go play. And I said, sweet. Thank you very much. I guess. I want to, you know, kind of before we get to the Phillies where you, where you got your opportunity. Um, and I really just want to, I mean, how close were you in those, especially with those two moments being just a year apart and then one of them causing you to lose your eligibility. How close were you to walking away from baseball at that time? Well, if the, if the Phillies thing never happened, then it was over. It was done. If that guy, if that scout hadn't have been out in Arizona or if that didn't work out, there was nowhere for me to play for sure. That was it. But, and I mean, and then you go into. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, that that just seemed to work out really well. I guess the timing of it. And so you're go you're going now with this this scout from from Philly. I mean, what are you thinking right now when you're about to? Are you thinking like this might be the last bullpen I ever throw? I, I I'm leaving it all in the I'm leaving it all out on the table right now. I mean, this is my last shot. It's the O for two on the first one. And it was third time the charm kind of thing. I I guess I had thought that, but. I had seen the guys, like I knew the guys that were getting a chance. Like I, like I had played against them all the year before in college, and I just didn't understand it, I guess. It was kind of like baffling me why they had a jersey, and, you know, I just felt like I had a little, even an upper hand on the field. But, it, yeah, it was kind of like I didn't know why. But, yeah, I went into there, and it was like it was before orientation. So in spring training in the minor leagues, you orientate it like, Eight, eight o'clock so i'm throwing a bullpen at 7 45 in clearwater and all these all these minor league all the minor league players are coming out and they're like i'm standing there i'm throwing a bullpen like right in the middle of the facility and they're all like i'm like lighting up the middle a little bit <laughs> sign this guy I'm like all right i want to get in there so yeah <laughs> I, I got in and got a jersey and was like signed up on the team pretty much the next day and then just started working my way up and and uh, like we'll we'll get into the Phillies now and that experience there. I mean, so uh, you got up. What was it as high as AAA with the Phillies? Yeah, I played in AAA for a year. I guess a half a season. 
So again, um, I, I don't think, again, some of our viewers here from Newfoundland, a lot of our athletes, even our coaches don't really understand the grind it is to get to even triple A and kind of get close to that step. I mean, being an undrafted, uh, undrafted by the Phillies, of course, uh, free agent signing to make that, make that kind of jump right away. Um, how was that? And kind of just walk us through that process and kind of the ups and downs that you felt over the course of those couple of years, making it as high as you did uh especially at the start of it it was uh i had to pretty well be on the top of you had to be just as perfect as you could possibly be be like a perfect pro and pitch well and do the right things and listen and be on time be early do extra stuff and just be there and uh and i did that and in the lower levels i i did well and and but i only played one year in a ball and then the next spring I, I had I was like solid in spring training. I was ready to go every spring. So by the time I got to spring, I, I was I felt like I had some of the best springs as anybody's ever had. So I, I jumped over a ball and went straight to double A, and went to double A that one year. Had a decent year in double A, and then we got reassigned back to double A and killed it. And then got moved up to triple A halfway through the year and finished the year in triple A, and then went. The following spring, went back down and ended up getting invited to the big league exhibition series at Citizens Bank. So I flew out with the big league team and, yeah, flew out. with like So I'm sitting, me and my friend Cody Ashey, who I came up with, he we're sitting on the plane together. He was going to make the team. And I was kind of like probably not going to be probably one of the last ones cut and maybe make it up later on that year. But I'm sitting there and like, like Ryan Howard and – like Jimmy Rollins and Doc Holliday and Cliff Lee and, you know, Cole Hamels, like the big Phillies teams that were there. Like I'm sitting on the same plane as them. And like they're playing cards for hundreds of thousands of dollars. And I'm just like, what am I doing here? Like it, Chase Utley's there and it's just wild really. But yeah. And got sent back down to AAA. And then a day later there was a guy that didn't take his, uh, his what would have been like it's he needed another two months or something like that to get his 10 years anyway didn't take it so he, they bumped me back down to double a and then i just shit the bed i just just didn't pitch well and didn't really behave the way i should have didn't deal with it very well and there was somebody waiting to take my spot and they said you're out of here and, and that's a it was gone and that's a you know it's a, you know good point with kind of some of that stuff aside but you know, there's when you get into these programs and you've got just multiple layers of, of players and, and organizations, you know, filtering up to the top, it's, it's immensely competitive, right? You, you said it exactly. Someone's always waiting to take your spot, right? Mm. I mean, bef before that happened, were you always conscious of that and being the guy that was, you know, I'm getting that next spot? I mean, was that your mentality early on? You talked about getting there early, putting in extra work, stuff like that. Like you, you had that mentality early on in, in your professional career. Yeah, I didn't think that there was like once I got in, I thought there was like a like I didn't think that there was any way I wasn't gonna be pitching for them, and but it was just it's like kind of like what I said once I started struggling, I didn't deal with it the right way, I didn't act right, and you know they don't have time for that because they got somebody else that wants your job, I guess. Yeah, and 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 Philippe was on yesterday, and he alluded to something you know very similar to that where you know, a pitching coach that said to him, he said, you know, Philippe, every time we try to give you advice, you have an excuse, right? He's like, 
you know, pretty soon we're not going to be able to work with you, right? I mean, you're talking to that level of, of yeah. just professionalism with these organizations. It's they're, They want people there, no excuses, work hard, right? If you don't yeah. work hard, someone else is going to take your spot. Um, so for you, I mean, the, the tail end of your pro- professional career, um, and this is, again, we're really trying to help kids understand the mentality side of the sport right now. With the opportunity that everyone have, has, we can't work on our physical game, but we can certainly be working on our mental game. Can you pinpoint anything uh, at that time? Uh, were you struggling on the mound because of something, you know, mentally or just physically were you struggling on the mound? I I don't understand how this – I still to this day don't understand because my arm was feeling unbelievable. It still was. Like it, it still is. Like it was uh, – I was – my ball was incredible. But I went back-to-back nights. I let up a five spot and then I let up a four spot in, in April. So I was sitting with like a 16 ERA in April when I was like, how hell am I going to get through this? Like outside of my comfort zone. Like I need to see twos or I'm not going anywhere. And so just the heat kind of got to me, whereas I didn't think if I didn't if I didn't have a two, then I had a two last year in double A and I, I only got to triple A. So I had to I had to have a one or so like I just put a lot of pressure on myself and then got to the and then when I get to the field, it's just kind of like you just start, you know, the pressure gets to you and you just don't listen. And, you know, you can't not listen to people. But I was with Philippe. Me and Philippe came up together. I played with him and with the Phillies for Quite a while, and then with Team Canada, I played with Philippe for. We were we been, we became pretty good friends, I guess. Playing. Well, I mean that's probably a perfect transition into some some Team Canada stuff. Uh, the first time you uh, you you kind of put on that jersey, what was what was that experience like for you? That was unreal. I remember getting wait, where where were we? First time would have been down in uh, Panama, but we had a we had a uh, camp like a two-game exhibition series against Team USA in North Carolina. So I got into North Carolina, and I remember, like, my ad had, like, my own room and stuff, and I was like, where am I? And so all my all my jerseys and stuff are laid out on my bed, and, like, it had the Canada across it. And I remember just, like, taking, like, selfie pictures and the selfie pictures in the mirror with my Canada thing. And I was like, yeah, I'm acting like a complete loser, but just so pumped that it didn't matter. It was, it was really special. Awesome. And then you took um, – I'm just trying to remember that. Uh, you were on the 2013 team, right? So the the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. So that was – I mean, first you were in the Pan, Pan Ams, right? And then you played at the World Baseball Classic. That was the, the order in which you did it? Uh, yeah, we went – I think it would have been 2011. It was the World Cup and the Pan Ams were in the same month. So we did – the World Cup was in Panama, and we came in third. And then we won the Pan Am Games in Mexico the, the following week. Yeah. And then so what's – I mean, the, uh, the World Baseball Classic, that, that kind of came around, I think it was like 2007 or something like that, rough, roughly around that time. What was that like? I mean, because I know for for some of the, the younger viewers, that was – the World Baseball Classic, when they launched that, was really the first time that professional baseball players of the highest caliber got to represent their country. I mean, yeah. what was that experience like? playing against some of those teams it was unreal it was crazy like i was going in like i remember going out like uh we had a we got into phoenix and we played against a couple of uh minor league teams like uh like in minor league camp like it's team canada played against them and then we went over to like justin morno's house and had a ball hockey tournament to get to know each other a little bit and i remember like running poles in the outfield at chase field 
and I'm just like running like by myself out there and I'm in the dugout and Joey Votto comes in, he's got in his street clothes and he's just like, Hey, I'm, he's like, he's like, Hey, I'm Joey. I'm just like, Jay. I'm like, can I keep running? I'm just like, it's Joey Votto. I was like, all right, I'm on the team. <laughs> but no, that was a pretty interesting experience to see some of those guys. And then you got like the, the, the clubhouse guys like Pete or and stuff who, and Math Scott Matheson and some of the guys that have just been around and that don't have that big name that just really make you feel at home. Like Pete was with the Phillies as well. Pete Orr was so I knew him from from a while ago, and it was just kind of the whole. A lot of the team candidate came from the Phillies. Honestly, we probably had five or six people that were represented from there. And Ernie Witt was a coach with the a catching coordinator with the Phillies. So there was a lot of uh, a lot of uh, familiar faces, I guess. Ooh. Uh, we'll get to the game against Mexico eventually. But one thing I wanted to talk about before that is, again, play, playing in minor league baseball, like what was it like knowing that like um, there's a, there was a lot of guys from Canada playing in the minors? And when you go around, was it cool to see on the other side of the field, like two or three guys from Canada or like you just talked about in the Phillies organization, a couple of guys from Canada and just having that camaraderie, just being Canadians, because, again, we're almost an island. I mean, American ball players, that's a staple. Yeah, it's a family it's a for sure. Game. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, it's, a, yeah, it's the team Canada is the most, it's a fraternity for sure. It's like the guys that are in it. It's like you can tell. And yeah, it's easy. It's easy to go somewhere. And especially because we're, when I was in double A and triple A with Philippe and Tyson Gillies was there. And I don't want to miss anybody, but those two were like good buddies. And we, it was, it was, like we were playing all summer together and then we had the team Canada stuff going on so it was good to go home for a couple of weeks and then you just meet back up with your boys and you're just wearing a different jersey so yeah. it wasn't too different but it is no. nice it was nice to see other Canadians around the minor leagues I guess yeah and it's a you you hit the nail right on the head it's a sense of pride and kind of like that uh like being around the boys and uh I remember hearing, I, I think it was Sportsnet that posted uh, the photo of you guys playing ball hockey when uh, the 2013 WBC was going on at Mornos. And um, just seeing that, that was that was really cool. Well talked about, a big story that Sportsnet did on it. And I mean, even like um, a couple of the baseball channels like ESPN were like, oh yeah, the Canadians playing hockey, of course. Um, but now I'm going to set the stage and I, I think we'll we'll roll right into this. There was a couple of people I that wanted to hear this. So... Canada versus Mexico. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's let's set the table first for everyone. Noah. I mean, we, you have to give it a little bit of context because yes, definitely. In, these, definitely. In, in these tournaments, they're only two and three game round robins, and so every run absolutely counts. I mean, how many times do you see two teams are one and one, and you've got to have a run for and against? Oh, it happens in Pee Wee. Yeah, right. So Everybody every knows. run counts. So Canada's up nine or ten to three or something like that in the ninth inning, and. Uh, who, I can't remember who was up first. He was just up before Tassoni. He lays down a, a, a beautiful bunt. Our catcher, um, Robinson. That's right. Robinson lays down the bunt. And then Tassoni comes up. Uh, the third baseman basically said to the pitcher, throw at Tassoni. And the guy throws and misses with the first one, which is, hey, you had your chance. You missed. That's it. He goes back the second time, misses Tassoni again. And basically Tassoni throws a – just a bit of spit his way and says, Hey, like, you know, if you're coming after me, come after me, you know, don't be Bush and kind of do it. And yeah. then throws at them for the third time and then hits them. So, I mean, that's, I mean, and for everyone that wants to, you know, understand 
you weren't in the dugout or on the field. You were in the bullpen. So now yeah. I'll turn it over to you. <laughs> oh, okay. So we lost, we'd lost the day before, too, to Italy. So we needed every run we could have possibly gotten. And I was in the bullpen. I was, I was supposed to pitch the ninth inning. So I'm warming up. Like, I'm on the mound warming up. And I hear there's a guy on our team. His name's Dustin Mulliken. He's, he's kind of got a, a stutter. So <laughs> kind of, it's pretty, like, prominent. <laughs> anyway, he goes, boys, get, get ready. And I was like, what's going on? Like, I'm warming up. And I was like, I'm looking at All I see is. Tissoni gets hit and everybody goes, everybody's going nuts. So I walk, I'm, I'm running over towards the door and the security guard's got the door and he's trying to push it one way and it's like locked up. So we just like push him out of the way and I just go for like sprint into the middle. And I see Tyson throws, throws a Seves on the ground and I just kind of just run right for him. And cause he turns and Seves went back for him. I just went for him and, I grabbed onto him. I was like, "Oh, this is a big man." I was like, "So then I just got just said, screw it." And I just popped him. I just popped him two or three times. And anyway, that pile went down, and I backed up, and I backed up for a second. Big punch at me, and I kind of ducked it, got hit a little bit, and then the guy comes back, and I just kind of grabbed him, kind of like in like in hockey, and trying to like stiff arm him a little bit, and just turned him, popped him, and just we kind of fell on each other, but. And then I got tackled a little bit after that. And then I got, the funny part is I go back out at the bullpen. Like, I'm going to get to pitch the ninth. And my buddies are like, Jay, like, you're not allowed to play, man. You can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was about it. That's, and, I mean, the tensions of that game. I mean, Canada came away, you know, obviously with, with the win in that game. But, I mean, to to take the momentum i mean the, the fighting aside i mean it is what it is i mean the, I, it boiled over i mean to throw at a guy three times and then bench clearing it, it you know kind of happens in that situation but what momentum did you guys take forward i mean the fighting aside but from a big win under a tense moment like that because your next game was against us you ultimately lost but it was actually a, a really good game can you, yeah. can you speak about that one yeah, yeah, it was it, it kind of it did bring us together a little bit. It was funny once we got into the locker room and stuff. Everybody's talking about it. We're watching it on the replay and stuff, and everybody's just kind of looking at me because nobody really knew who I was. I'm just sitting there, kind of like <laughs> I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, it was good though. Like it was, it was interesting because Mexico had it was an area. The tournament was in Arizona, so there was twenty thousand Mexican fans there, or however many people there was. But there was a lot of Mex. It was a predominantly Mexican fans so getting even getting out of the stadium was like crazy and we were staying at the same hotel as team mexico and yeah i get back to the hotel i remember and my dad and like the whole lobby's pretty well full of people and yeah i remember it was like that and then the next day we get to the field and we're, we're we start jameson tie on and he goes through usa like he's half american i think his mom's american or his dad's canadians but he played for team canada that year and uh yeah, he pitched really good against Team USA, and we we were up two to one, I think, in like the eighth. And we had John Axford and Jim Henderson, like the Milwaukee Brewers, like eight nine guys, and so we we had a good shot at it to go to the next round, but just didn't didn't work out, I guess. So, but it was it was definitely an, an interesting week. <laughs> Big Twitter week for me. <laughs> and for anyone, just to kind of close up that story a little bit, for anyone who wants a little bit more information. 
it's Tim Smith, I'm pretty sure, did a really good piece for the Players' Tribune on it. Um, so if you, if you want a little bit more info, uh, there's a good Players' Tribune piece uh, by Tim Smith. There's a video and an article. So highly recommend checking that one out for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so we... So career is over. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, we'll shut it down. We'll shut her down, boys. No. Uh, so I, I actually wanted to bring up... Uh, so when we were talking... Um, so you actually recently played for the Fredericton Royals in men's senior baseball, kind of for the for the home club, back with the boys, um, and at the senior nationals. So, um, what again, being being uh, being in pro baseball, being an independent ball, and then coming back and playing in men's senior AAA at the nationals. Uh, obviously, some guys that were your opponents looked at the name, were like, "Uh oh, like we must be in trouble." But I want to hear it from your side and kind of what the mentality was transitioning when you got to play again for your hometown team or somewhat your hometown team. Yeah, it was. I liked it because I didn't have to practice before I went. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was just no. It was a good time. We got to go out, and it was like kind of what like the guys like like you said. It was like I kind of grew up playing with those guys, so it was easy. It was just really, really, really relaxed, and the atmosphere was just like I remembered it. So. And yeah, it was, I don't know. And I got to hit, so I was like all over the field, and then I'd pitch. But no, I, I don't know. It is fun. It is fun playing the senior league. I like that a lot, just in that tournament and stuff too. Because the other teams, you get to see all the other guys you, you played against when you were 12, 13 years old, and all those other tournaments too. They're still kind of kicking around and doing their thing and playing on the weekends and stuff. So it's interesting to see everybody. And I mean, for for yourself, I mean, uh, uh, you played again in the Can-Am and Philippe talked about it a, a little bit uh, yesterday when he was on. Um, he was, you know, he went into the Can-Am and said, oh, I'm just basically going to run through this thing because I, you know, played a bit of pro ball and what can these guys do? What was your mentality and what was your mindset when you were jumping into a league like the Can-Am? Were you, were you ready or did you overestimate or, or underestimate any of the players or what was your, you know, kind of your, your thoughts moving into that league? Well, the first time I played in it for a couple months after I got released from the Phillies in 2015, I went and finished the summer in Quebec. And then after I finished that summer, I, I stopped baseball for a couple years. I didn't play for a couple summers, two, two, three summers. I just went and went fishing and yeah, I didn't play really much at all. I played a little bit on the weekends with Fredericton and went and played in those tournaments, but I didn't play at all really like in as far as every day. And then it, I guess it wasn't last summer, the summer before I went back and played. And when I went in, I hadn't touched a ball in two years. So I just, I drove up to Quebec City and I stayed with the, the manager there for three weeks at his house. And before he he had gotten everybody together for the season and was working out with my friend up there. Uh, and I, I thought I was just going to be able to jump right back into it. But we're halfway through like the training camp and the coach calls me and he's like, Hey man, I don't think we're going to put you on the team for the, for, for the first, uh, for the first of it. And I was like, well, if you don't put me on the team, I'll go play for somebody else. <laughs> kind of like just being a dick. But, and then he's like, all right, we'll give you a chance. And we, I played and like, I didn't have a very good role to start the year. Like I was pitching like the mop up innings cause I wasn't very good. Like I hadn't gotten in shape for it and I wasn't ready, but by the time, like a, like three weeks or a month of the season rolled around, my arm started to get in shape. And then my confidence grew because I did get some luck early in the year. And then, yeah, confidence grew. And then there was just one day that like one of our starters was, one of our Cuban starters needed to go down with uh, 
the Cuban national team. So I was like, hey, coach, like, let me start that game. And he's like, he's like, no, like really quick. He just, just shook it off. I was like, come on. He's like, all right. So I went, I went and I pitched. And I pitched like five shutout. And then I didn't really let up very many runs. And again, for the rest of the year, I did pitch really well. And I did catch, did catch a lot of breaks. And then ended up getting, was pitcher of the year uh, that summer for Quebec. And then I got a chance after that to go to Nicaragua and play for the winter. And so after I, I can't, when did you go to Australia? I'm just trying to, you know, put that timing in there. Australia would have been the 2015 winter. So yeah, it would have been after okay. the first time I was okay. back in that stuff, I guess. Okay. And so for you, I mean, I'm just, just trying to piece it because we're, you know, similar to Philippe's stories yesterday, kind of coming back down. Um, is there, is there part of you right now that wants to take another run, a similar situation with Philippe? Like where are you at with your, you know, kind of your baseball career? Uh, I think, yeah, Philippe's different than me because he's six foot seven and he's got big league time and he's got that experience and he's got that name and, yeah, he's he's been there and he's that counts for quite a bit. He's a first rounder. And yeah, he's just he's better at that pitching. So he's got that opportunity and that chance because you're six foot seven, you throw ninety-five miles an hour, somebody will find you a place to play. You know, you're eighty-eight to ninety mile an hour lefty, you know, maybe. But and if then you know, you don't have that already that outstanding like like so sort I'm of looking for the like uh like the like the static like it's like a status like it's like it's like yeah. you've been somewhere for a while they know who you are and they're not just going to get rid of you for another guy that's the same as you where he can go in and take and take somebody's job or it'd be kind of impossible i don't know if i was to ever go play again i'd go back to quebec just because of how fun it was it was like a it was just the way i liked to play it was relaxed atmosphere it was it's independent baseball like you're not making a bunch of money you don't have that far to go so I would, I definitely would love to go back to Quebec sometime if I could, but I don't know. I'm going to try something different. I think go fishing and hang out here. And I mean, and that's a, it's a good point for especially a lot of people in the situation that we're in right now. We, we've talked about this with a few guests. There's people that their college careers ended early. Their high school careers have ended early. You kind of just go through these different things for, for yourself. Uh, I mean, right now, I mean, can you give a little bit of a, advice with, with some of these kids about, you know, the uncertainty that they might be facing with your career? And there's, there are other options out there. Like you said, you've, you've found a place right now where you're enjoying playing baseball again, and it's still competitive enough. I mean, for you to feel like you're getting value from it. Can you talk a, a little bit about, you know, that part of it as well? You know, I mean, some people kind of get crushed by certain parts, but it seems like you, you know, found a love of the game again, right? Oh, for sure. Well, I think what everybody, a lot of people have to realize that it's got to end. It's got to come to an end at some point, no matter who you are. So you got to have something else to do. I don't know. It took me a while to figure out like what to do and how to fill my time and enjoy it. But, you know, it's got to end at some point. And I was kind of happy that it ended a little earlier. <laughs> Looking back on it, because now I got more time to do do different things. And, you know, enjoying baseball is different now. It's like yeah, the weekends in St. John or in Fredericton or wherever, whoever I'm playing with around here is kind of who I want to play with. I don't really care to be playing with strangers anymore. <laughs> Just some buddies. Yeah. 
Definitely. And uh, one, one last thing for me before we kind of wrap it up, Jay, uh, you talked about it a lot. I think, I think a, a, what our younger athletes that are listening to us here today have to understand is that that camaraderie, you talked about it when you went to senior national, seeing guys that you played against when you were 12 and 13 years old, like it, it all comes full circle, whether it's like, Hey, you finished your pro career and you see him at the grocery store and it's like, Hey man, I remember playing against you so-and-so and like how important is that camaraderie to build it when our, when our athletes are really young playing on those mosquito peewee teams and then just sharing those experiences all the way up through. Yeah. Well, baseball is a small world, I guess is like, it's really a small world. Like the guy, like a guy that I'm fishing with now, me and him played on the MB selects team together. And now we're working on the back of the boat together. So it's kind of, yeah, you, you join, you make the friendships like for sure. And, and yeah, if the people you play sports with, as has been said by a lot of us, usually it's going to be people that you converse and hang out with. Like even you guys, I wouldn't have known you guys if it wasn't for for those types of tournaments and stuff. So it's kind of a cool thing. Yeah, no, and I think that's, I mean, it's the biggest thing I think, you know, take, taking away from this sport. I mean, I think what most people are missing right now uh, is not so much the being on the field playing baseball. It's actually just the, the camaraderie of being on the field with your your buddies um so i mean it's like you said yeah the bus trip from, sitting in the bullpen bp was my favorite time of the day <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even get to hit. So, sorry go ahead i didn't even get to hit and it was my the, some of my favorite times of the day was just chilling out in the outfield during bp so i don't know yeah and i guess just to, to kind of bring it to a close i mean is there anything you know any parting messages you want to you know, we, we ask all our guests this, you know, a young player that's coming up right now that's looking to make that jump to the next step. I mean, what, what advice do you have to that you think you can give that can help them along their journey? Uh, just be happy with it. Just be as happy as you possibly can when you go to the field, I guess, because that'll rub off on somebody, you know. Yeah. No, yeah. listen, we, Jay, we, we appreciate your time very much, um, you know, Thanks again. Uh, just to throw it out there, it was a pleasure playing against you and your brother Aaron. I mean, it was those are those are great experiences, memories I'll have for the rest of my life. Like I said, that's kind of what the the game of baseball means to me, which is why you know we started Premier Sports Academy, and uh, you know we're really happy that you came on today to share your stories as well. All right, on guys, take care. You yeah, too, you too. Man. Thanks, bud. Good Enjoy, luck. Jay. Thanks again. Cheers. Bye. See you guys.